Welcome to the Rock and Roll Survivors Podcast, dedicated to those in front of the curtain, behind the curtain, and somewhere in between. I'm Kristen, and because of you and your overwhelming feedback to Fanny's Rock and Roll Survivors, I'm joined by legendary rock stars Bree Darling and Patty Quattro to discuss their time in the band, those wild Casablanca years, David Bowie's contributions to the fifth Fanny album, and so much more. So let's get started.
Well, there's so much to pick up on here. And I have all of this written down so that we make sure to not lose this. But I want to just give one anecdote, which I think really exemplifies the difference between the Fannie when they were on Warner Brothers reprise and the support there versus the support with Neil at Casablanca. So my dad in his unpublished autobiography tells this really, it wasn't as funny then, but it's a funny anecdote about it's the fourth uh, Fanny album on reprise. It's Mother's Pride. And my dad is goes to this meeting. I believe it's Mo Austin at Warner Brothers. And my dad tells a story that from the house, which is in on, near the Sunset Strip, gets in his car, he drives over the hill to Warner Brothers. And my dad goes into the office and basically it's Roy. There is no more money. We're not supporting the band. We're not giving you money to put them on tour. That's it. You've tapped us out. We're done. That's it. Mm. My dad says, okay, fine. He gets in his car. He drives over the from the valley up to the house and he's pacing and not sure what to do because now how is he going to promote them? And call comes in. Secretary says, I believe my Austin wants to see you. Dad gets in a car, drives over again, over the valley, walks in and he, Mo says to my dad, Roy, I'm going to give you your goddamn money for the tour if you promise me one thing. And my dad says, anything, anything, I promise you anything. And he said, stop putting the get behind fanny stickers on all the urinals. <laughs> <laughs> my dad said, you got it, you got it. So he got a little bit of money there, but that's what he had to do was pull teeth. So okay. the time, you know, and this is 1970, late 72, 73 for that, for Mother's Pride. Okay. 70. And then a few months later, or, you know, six months later, when Neil signs your version of it, again, the split is just unbelievable. It's night and day. My dad finally has this visionary along with him who says, this is a fantastic rock band. Wow. I Damn it. I'm upset. <laughs> Well, and let me get to just make to make you even more upset. No, I'm kidding. I, I want to read. You were talking about earlier, both of you, about the way Fanny was talked about in the recent documentary, Fanny, the Rock, the Right to Rock. And I don't necessarily want to go down that path per se, but the David Bowie quote, and we've talked a lot about this, is used in that documentary. But what's interesting is, and I want to put a little historical context here, um, and also to correct the record, in season one, I, for some reason, thought the David Bowie quote was from 1982, not even close. It's from 1999, which is actually even better because it's more, it's later even, but it was for the Rolling Stone millennial issue. Right. It's, you know, these amazing stars looking back over the decades and saying what was great, what wasn't great, what worked, what didn't work, what should have happened. And so it's not an article, it's a, it's a blurb that he gave. And I'm going to read it to you in his full, what he said, and in the full quote, and then I'm going to underscore why I wanted to read it. So he says, and it's entitled Time Capsule, David Bowie, quote, one of the most important female bands in American rock has been buried without a trace. Fanny, they were one of the finest fucking rock bands of their time in about 1973, they're as important as anybody else who's ever been, ever. It just wasn't their time. Revivify Fanny, and I feel that my work is done. Close wow. quote. The fact that he underscored in about 1973 hmm. is incredibly telling to me because it's when the two of you are coming into Fanny and the other older version is parting ways. But David Bowie comes into Fanny in a very unique way with rock and roll survivors, including 
the idea of your costumes and being so excited about all of you and the rock music you're creating. Patty, you and I did talk about this in season one a little bit, but I think the fact that he made a point of saying in about 1973, referring to Fanny, is very telling. And that date is removed from the Fanny doc. So oh, I didn't even notice that. You know, I, I just I, I know when it was, you know, what it said. And I just put that in myself that I didn't realize it was taken out of there, which is unfortunate. And, and he was David Bowie. you got to look at that timing, too, because he was very aware of Detroit Rock City and he was getting involved with Iggy Stooge. So he surely knew about, you know, the retro bands that I was in, the Quattros, just that whole rock, uh, Detroit Rock City scene. And here he is realizing, too, that Bree and me are the new members and it's Fanny. And, you know, you just wonder what went through his mind. It was so gracious of him. And I'll, I'll never forget talking to him. Oh, my God. He expressed having gravitas in just doing something that was more edgy, raw, you know, not girly. He thought we should dress in a certain way. And he was very vocal about it. And, you know, that struck a note with me because of me wanting to dress up and do cool things on stage. And so I was right on board with it. And then Mary Basil interpreted it beautifully. So that quote with his input and then Neil and your dad being so into it also, you know, like, yeah, do it. You know, I I thought they were quite insightful, the three of them in their quotes and the energy that they put forth for us to do on stage was amazing. Well, and yeah. Brie, I want to hear from you about this as well. But you had said earlier, Brie, that David Bowie, every single album, he recreated himself. I yeah. love the fact that even from the front cover of rock and roll survivors that's one look and then on the back you know glam was as you said that was already happening that was already yeah. happening and yeah. those those outfits on the back of the cover that's those are not glam shots first of all i want to say that i don't want to be in any way have the and i've heard it before the 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 glam thing was put down i think that's just a shame cuz it's just a style it's just a sense of expression and Trendy. listen Liberace was wearing glitter and sequins way before anybody else. Why? But not that I, I viewed us that way. But um, yeah, you know, David's interest in the band was really much appreciated. Uh, he did show up at some of our shows on the road. Yeah. I remember yeah. Patty, uh, I don't remember where it was, but we were actually on a real stage with seats, theater seats and an aisle. New and York we playing. Was that New York? New York. Okay. He told us always make a statement. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, <laughs> first of all, we're on stage playing and David Bowie walks in and immediately the spotlights went to him off of us. <laughs> right. And him and his entourage take seats and sit there. And after the show, he comes backstage and says, you know, it was like he gave us advice. He said, always make an entrance. And there yes. you go. He was teaching us and yeah. showing us how it works. And that was awesome. Now, I don't know if either of you guys knew this, but when we were on the road and we were in New York, David was in a, a studio recording one of his records. Gene went down to visit with him. And okay, I was really high. So I was in my room just vegging. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gene called me up and she said, Brie, get down here. We can sing on Dave David's album. We can sing on the album. And I didn't... Uh, I didn't go. And that's when she did fame, 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 fame. <laughs> that was during our tour when that was recorded. Wow. 
Yeah. I didn't realize it was during your tour. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so I think that I, I wish that that would have been uh, appreciated or, or let be known that David's involvement with the band was really okay. Let's be honest. It was mostly about Gene. Gene and him were hanging and uh, I don't know how deep or heavy at that time, but they were, they were still hanging. And, uh, and I think also too, a lot of it was he, uh, one of the attractions was he just admired who the heck she was as a bass player and as a musician mm-hmm. and appreciated the whole group. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was there for us and that kind of got given away. He was absolutely there for us. And I, I helped it. It's interesting because him and uh, Neil and Roy, it sort of gave us that impetus to have a Fanny brand, you know, and carry it forward and aura. And we did it. We did it. Patty, I got to ask you a question. You know, they pushed it. Yeah. Right. Now, I, because I, I, I wish Kristen at the time we would have heard as individuals and as a band what your dad, Roy Silver, and Neil Bogart were doing and talking about to make us happen, because that might have been a little bit more inspiring. Now, I don't know if that at the time I would have been able to process that information and make it work right. for me, right. but to know that they were so behind it mm-hmm. and that because because from a band member standpoint, I was just there pouring my heart into the vocals and the music and the parts and the band rehearsing and the performances. But I didn't realize the kind of support you know, that they were giving us in, you know, in another, in another way, in a, a, a way to make this happen and their belief in the band. Um, and I heard that a lot because I lived right there in the apartment. So yeah. I probably, you know, got fed that more. So yeah. I was very appreciative of it. Here's I didn't know. Dad, I was I mean, just he there. He wanted them to make it, you know, he right. wanted them to break I, through. I, I Today, I feel like if I could go back in time, I would have wanted to feed even more different, you know, not different, but more energy into making it happen for the people who believed in it, which was your dad and for Neil, you know, because I love to help make people's dreams come true. And it wasn't just our dream. Now I'm realizing it was somebody else's dream as well. And I appreciate that. And I respect them for it, for having that dream.
Thank you.